1: We need to pray we need to intercede we need to have prayers of worship we need to pray for supplication for others and we need to give prayers of worship adoration give thanks to the lord there's so many things we could talk to the lord i always say this the closest person to my life is my wife i should be talking to god more than i talk to my wife he's my god i know my wife would say the same thing
0: In today's message, Pastor Eddie dives into one of the most important topics of our faith, prayer. Life is a mix of excitement and curveballs, but prayer is the constant that'll always have your back. Never forget that whether you're on cloud nine or feeling the harshness of the storm, prayer is your rock. Learn how maintaining urgency in your prayer life can light up your journey no matter where you're headed. Always be clued in to your heavenly Father. Well, Let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2, as he continues his message, Pray for All People. I want to I want to I want to run right to your heart. I want to I want run, to
1: We need to pray for politicians and presidents, elected officials, I would say more than your in laws. Not just kidding. <laughs> pray, for, pray for your in laws. We need to pray for everyone. We need really need to pray that they would fear God and get saved. And if they are elected officials who are saved, pray for them even more, especially the Christians, no matter what they do or say, they're going to be attacked, especially for their faith. So he says, pray for kings and verse 2. All who are in authority, speaking of law enforcement, police officers, every rank from every agency, judges, you know. Paul writes in Romans chapter 13, verse 1, that every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Disrespect a police officer is disrespecting God and his word. Now, I know there's no perfect person. You know, it's sad that, and I could tell you, and I'm not just being by because I was a police officer, but I've seen enough. I personally witnessed the hatred towards police officers because maybe one bad cop. You look at what happened recently with George Floyd and the police. You got one bad cop. I'm going to be straightforward. One bad cop and one bad man. And now all cops are bad. When someone breaks into your house, if you don't have a gun, what are you going to do? They're all not bad. But we have some, uh, you know, the last, not the last administration, administration before, did nothing. It's because people in general don't like to submit to authority. It's a heart issue. It's not because someone else was a victim. You probably have never had a bad experience, but now you're going with the flow because that's the spirit of the world, a spirit of disobedience, a spirit that goes against authority, and you're falling into it. Titus chapter 3, verse 1 to 2. He says, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. That is what Christians are to do. However, if they go against the word of God, the authorities tell them, you can't preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't have church. Then and only then will I will not obey. Neither should you. We are being challenged. This administration is not for Christians, by the way. And we have others that were in office that are not for Christians. They hate Christians, they won't say it publicly. But when they tell you to go against the great commission that Jesus has given us to go into all the nation, make disciples baptizing him and naming the father. They tell you to go against that, to go against assembly. It's sad that their people still have not returned to church. They're more afraid of COVID than they are of God. You can't have fellowship through Zoom. You can't pray for people and lay hands on people through Zoom. And you can't have that intimate relationship with the body of Christ. Do not forsake the gathering of the saints Jesus, when he, during his earthly ministry, he always went to the temple. And now we're being challenged. Yeah, we use wisdom. When it first all started, we used wisdom because we care for the safety of every single one of you. You're a family. We love you. We knew that there was a pandemic. It was a pandemic in that time. We used wisdom and said, so, you know what? Yeah, okay. You know, they're right. Governors are right this time. But they continued on. You can't have church, but you go to Walmart. You can't have church, but you could be in an airplane sitting next to someone exactly, even with a mask. You, you tell me it was a direct attack against the church. You know, this is what Peter and John said when the council told them, don't preach this name of Jesus. And Peter and John, they, they stood before them in Acts chapter 5, verse 29. It says, But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. That's a verse you need to start writing down because pretty soon you're going to need to quote that verse. I encourage you to study the whole text. There's a time where, hey, they're going to lock up Pastor Eddie. Praise the Lord. There's going to be a prison ministry. God is bigger. God is bigger. God is in control. God has set Paul and Silas free from prison. If he could do it then, it's the same God that Paul and Silas served that brought the walls down and loosened the chains. It's the same God. There's no different. And if God wants me there any longer, praise the Lord. So pray. We have a great privilege and a great responsibility, opportunity, uh, and the freedom to stand up to biblical truth for our Christian values, and we can do that at the voting polls. We vote based on biblical principle. It's not that you're Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent. That's not what you are. You are a Christian. You're an ambassador, a priest, and king of Jesus Christ. You represent Jesus, not a political party. And of course, you're siding with a party because that party may have, you know, more of the biblical principles than the other. Vote for the lesser two evils. Great. Yeah. Vote for the less. People say that doesn't make sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. Because we're not voting for ministers. We're not voting for preachers, theologians. We're voting for elected officials. Hopefully, those that fear God. We vote based on biblical principles. You don't vote for the most popular guy because you hate the other. Or you're voting for one because you hate the other. I don't I'm not I'm only voting for because I hate that guy. Like he's going to come to your house for dinner. I don't get it. You know, Christians, we need to be smarter than that. More importantly, when we go to the pole, we need to be fear God. More importantly, pray for them. Pray that they come to know Jesus. Pray that God will supernaturally do something because they're, you know, Satan, he's not omnipresent, remember. God is omnipresent. He's at all places at all times. Satan is not. You know where Satan is? He's with the big leaders of the world. He's controlling them. So the bigger they are, the the more demonic the demon would be or Satan himself. And there's a demonic stronghold in the elected officials. That's why we need to pray for them. We shouldn't hate them. Pray for them. He says, pray for keen on authority. And here we are, you and I, here we come in now, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life. In all godliness and reverence, you know. Sometimes Christians are angered by the social and political scene, and and they are far from being quiet about it. They're more vocal about politics than they are about Jesus. They're waiting more for the return of Donald Trump than the return of Jesus Christ, and it's the truth. We're fighting on the wrong hill. It's the wrong battle. We don't belong to that hill. You see, if you share the gospel of Jesus Christ to people, they get saved, they're convicted, they get transformed through the word of God. That is more effective than trying to convert somebody to your party. We need to stop. Here we need to pray for them and lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness, in all reverence. And I'm sorry, I'm not the pastor that's going to fight with you in politics. That's not what I'm here for. I'm not wasting my time in politics. I'm not fighting that hill, a battle on that hill. There's a hill that the battle has really been fought and won, and that's the hill of Calvary through Jesus Christ. And I'm standing on that hill where I got saved and where I'm waiting for his return. It's not that political hill. Verse 3, he says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. It is not good, and it does not please God, our Savior, when we do not live peaceable, quiet lives marked with godliness And dignity, reverence. We live a life that is good, a life that pleases the Father. We are representing Jesus Christ. Jesus never fought against Pilate, Paul never fought. If you read Acts, when in the book of Acts, when the silversmith, they were losing money because they were creating the little idol statue of Diana. They were losing money, and they, all the we got together and said, we're losing business. What's going on? Well, you know, people converting to this religion called Jesus, the way. This guy named Paul, he's a He's from Jerusalem, and he's here in Ephesus. He's the one. They're opening churches. There's another church that opened last week. Did Paul go to the steps of Diana, protest? We love to do that. Never, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think protest does nothing but noise. It's a waste of time. If you're going to hold up a sign, hold up a sign. Jesus lives. Jesus loves you. But did he protest against Diana? No, he didn't protest against Diana. What was he doing? Preaching the gospel. The Old Testament, by the way, the birth of the church was the Old Testament. They didn't have the New Testament at that time. And people were getting saved by the thousands. Churches were opening up. Little by little, the temple of Diana decayed. And 200 years later, it was destroyed. Guess what? The church is still alive today. Was it because they were political? Were they fighting a political battle, social battle? No, they were sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what you're called to do. We pray for kings and all who are in authority. Why? For it is our God and Savior, verse 4, who desires all men be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth when we pray for kings, for presidents and all those in authority lead a quiet peaceable life and godliness and reverence then and only then where kings and governors and all who are in authority might be saved you know they just go wherever the wind goes. if it's a popular thing it's all over the media the media controls everything you and I know that social media controls everything and they're going to go about what they what they what people like. oh you guys like that yeah good we're going to pass into law. It is God who desires that all men be saved, and that includes kings and presidents. Second Peter chapter three verse nine, Peter writes, "The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any that's including kings and all who have authority should perish, but that all should come to repentance." So God sends His people. As ambassadors and kings and priests, you're questioning who are you representing. Are you representing Christ or a political party? Verse 5, for there is one God, not many gods, one God, just one God, follows on the Holy Spirit. Today we live in a world of pluralism that say all roads lead to heaven. and eh, wrong. If I tell you, if you ask me, hey, Eddie, how do I get to your house? Any road? Logically, it doesn't make sense. Which road should I take? Choose the best one. Hey, that road, too much holes, potholes. Cool, yeah, that's a smooth road. But that's going opposite your direction. That's okay. Any road leads to my house. Logically, it doesn't make sense. So say Buddha, Hare Krishna, Reverend Sun Young Moon, Muhammad, Gandhi, are all dead. It's not their heaven. They can't tell you, if you follow my way, it's another god, then, you know, you go to heaven. No. They didn't die for me. They're just men. They died. Their grave is still there. Jesus is the only king that died and rose again the third day. And he died for me. None of these men, Hare Krishna, Ravasanya Moon, uh, Buddha, Muhammad gandhi they didn't die for me. They claim to be Messiah. They claim to be God. But they are not. Jesus Christ is, you know, 100% man, 100% God. And there is no mediator between us and God the Father. He said, but there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. That is it. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6 He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father, goes to heaven. No one goes to the Father except through me. It is not through Mary, it is not through the dead saints you go between, there is no mediator between you and Christ Jesus. You want forgiveness? You need to go into a closet and speak to a priest. You go directly to Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's a cultic practice, an ancient cultic practice, by the way. We go directly to Jesus. Now, keeping this in context in prayer, and I love this because it has to deal with intercession. And keeping this, you know, he's talking about prayer, and he said, there is one. God, one mediator, Jesus Christ, between God and man, right? And you keep in context. speaking about prayer, it's that Christ is praying for us. You know, I, I read this book called R.A. Torrey, and I recommend you read that. It's called The Holy Spirit, What He Is and What He Does. And in his book, Torrey writes in 1901, he wrote over 5,000 letters to people he learned knew how to pray. 5,000 letters in one year. This person knows how to pray. I'm going to write him down to keep me in prayer. He wrote to them asking them for prayer and to continue to keep him in prayer for his ministry. It wasn't until he got to this passage of scripture, and that's in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. It says, Therefore, he, speaking of Christ, also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Here it is, since he always lived to make intercession for them. Think about this. Christ intercedes for you every day. As we speak now, Christ is interceding for you. I don't know what that makes you feel. That blows me away. Christ, Jesus Christ, and I know he's praying a lot for me, by the way. He's praying for you. Now, don't get me wrong. We need to continue to pray for one another because that builds up a relationship and a love for one another. And here's the secret. You know, when you pray for your enemies, you start to love them. You don't hate them back because you start, you start mentioning them, and you're before God, and God changes your heart. Yes, I know. I know he's your enemy, but do you love him? And you keep praying, mentioning his name in prayer. Guess what? You love him. And that's what it does. But listen, Jesus is always praying for us. He's always interceding for us. Notice that he is sitting at the right hand. He's alive, the well, right hand of God. He's alive when he's praying interceding for you. He says, for there is one God, one meteor between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, verse 6, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Verse 7, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle, Jesus Christ, in the road to Damascus, in Acts chapter 9. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Saints, we need to pray. We need to pray. And I encourage you to at least make an effort every now and then on a Wednesday. Cancel things. Jesus canceled everything for you. He left his throne in glory for you. Don't let the enemy deceive you. That is the reason why When it comes to prayer, listen, I experience this all the time. Every time when I say, I'm going to go pray. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do this. And all of a sudden, that little chore that you left for like five years, you want to do it all of a sudden. It always happens because the enemy knows he doesn't want you to get on your knees. He doesn't want you to spend time with God. All of a sudden, now, you know, you have this memory, this great memory, amnesia is gone. You remember all the things you need to do. And then now you kneel down, it's like, it's like ADD prayer. And you, oh, what's that noise? Mm, oh, it's the boiler. You know, it's like you start thinking, oh, I didn't pay that bill. It happens. Satan knows. He throws those fiery darts. He can't read your mind, but he'll throw thoughts. And he does that. And We say we're tired. We're tired or busy. You know, Jesus was tired. Jesus was beaten. Jesus was scourged. Yeah, he still went to the cross. He never said, I'm too tired. He was a man, 100% man, 100% God, but 100% man. He had the same feelings we would have. If you get caught the same way you feel the cut, he would feel it. That's why Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew chapter 14, verses 37 to 38 He said, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. He said, The Spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak, and that's mental and everything. The Spirit wants to be in communion with God the Father and, the, and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants that. And you know it, you feel it. But the flesh. Overcomes. You need a fight to say, you know what? No. So what? The alarm went off for the septic tank. I'm going to pray. I'm not going to anything disturb me. And I'm going to pray. And it's important that we do. I just want to give you stats because I think this is important. This will put things in perspective. In 2020, the average user spent two hours and 24 minutes per day on social media. The average American spends 5.4 hours on their cell phone. The average American spends 3.1 hours per day watching TV. The average American works 7.6 hours each week. That's just over an hour each day. Obviously, I'm not American because I don't go to the the gym. But that's 7.6 hours in the gym. And yet we cannot pray at least one hour once a week with the church corporately. If I say we're going to have a banquet, people will come. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. This world has gone mad. You know it. You see it. Don't say, oh, well, probably our parents experienced. No, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah, I talked to my mother. Uh, She was born in the 40s. It's nothing. It wasn't like that. It gets worse and worse. People kept setting the bar. There's a point where you need to stop. But at this point, it's madness. It's evil. We're living in times where the Bible says, woe to them that say good is bad and bad is good. So do we need prayer? Absolutely. And it's not the White House that's going to solve the problems in the nation or in the world. It's the house of God. It's the house of God here. When we pray Wednesday nights in every church around the world that is praying and gathering for corporate prayer, they're the ones that are fighting to resolve the problems. It's not the White House. And it's through prayer through Jesus Christ. Saints, we need to pray. We need to intercede. We need to have prayers of worship. We need to pray for supplication for others. And we need to give prayers of worship, adoration, give thanks to the Lord. There's so many things we could talk to the Lord. I always say this, the closest person to my life is my wife. I should be talking to God more than I talk to my wife. He's my God. I know my wife would say the same thing. And she says probably more than me. She said, listen, don't talk to me. I don't want to listen to you, I don't want to talk to Jesus. No, she doesn't do that. (laughs) The reality is we need to talk to the Lord. He's our creator. He gave us eternal life. He's our God, amen?
0: Aren't you glad you decided to join us today on Running the Race? Pastor has been making his way through the book of 1 Timothy, where we're learning some great truths for living and leading in the church. In chapter 1, verse 18, and chapter 6, verse 12, Paul wrote, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You too are encouraged to fight the good fight, stand firm in your convictions, and know that you have the full power of God when you speak his name. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Running the Race is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Head over right now to runningtheraceradio.com to learn more about the church and hear more messages and we'll connect with you next time, here on Running The Race.